0: Real news. All right, welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is June 17th, 2020, and so it begins. Uh, This is going to be a very painful time for us to watch, uh, to be able to sit back and just let things go. We're going to be seeing things that we never thought would ever come to fruition. I mean, the insanity is real. The push is real. And they will stop at nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, This is a fight for humanity. This isn't uh, a fight for life left, right, political party. This is, these people are sick. (laughs) And communications must uh, at all times be tempered, right? So I know a lot of you have uh, texted me, DM'd me, emailed me that my website has been down. Uh, I've been working hard to figure out how to balance it and ensure that it's protected better um, and that um, it can carry uh, the load correctly. Um, I am still in the middle of fixing things, but now it's accessible rather than completely offline. Um and I, I, that, I, I can't say anything more than that right now on it. But I thank you so much for the kind uh, you know, words and uh, the support. It, really, it, it, it makes me uh, feel really, really appreciated. And I appreciate every single one of you. I mean, I stayed up until the wee hours of this morning uh, trying to fix it. And I could tell you that that I look like a hot mess this morning and I have no problem calling myself out. Got up in the morning, tried to make coffee, didn't succeed, put salt instead of sugar. Thought, you know what, let me go downstairs. Pajamas and all. And totally went downstairs. There's this little coffee shop right outside, you know, my place. And I waltzed in there with my slides looking crazy. And they were like, so we're out of this and out of that. I was just like, geez, I can't even get my coffee this morning. And, uh, you know, and having to work because I I actually have a job. and, And we'll try to make myself available to work. That's the thing. Because with this coronavirus, you know, it's just like not happening. This world looks so crazy right now. you know, I kind of blended in this morning uh, going out there with my you know bedhead, big sunglasses. I wore a long sweeping cardigan. I just thought, you know why not? everyone's crazy. let me add to it. Uh, today uh, you know that's the theme. It's insanity, pure insanity but with a lot of developments, nevertheless developments. And see, these are breaths of fresh air knowing that things are being done that we're not being told, okay? We're not being told anything because we're not supposed to see it. We're supposed to think we're the minority. We're supposed to think that we're losing. We're supposed to believe that the polls are telling us that Dementia Joe, right, is going to win, We're supposed to think that everything that we believe in is going to be quashed. We're supposed to think that the United States of America, as it was intended to be, will no longer exist. We're supposed to think our president isn't doing his job. We're supposed to think a lot of things, but I'm here to tell you that's not the case. We're super winning. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about global um, events today, uh, also local ones. So I I think I want to start more with the local events uh, only because I just want to add to the craziness of what we're seeing. I mean, why not? Because what we're seeing happening, this coronavirus is one of the biggest perversions of reality. Ever. Remember I said what they're going to do is not only shut down the economy, they shut down the economy to cover up, you know, the shadow banking system. I mean they had to make it up somehow how we need a bailout for all these big companies, right? But you know, the little ones shouldn't be there. Because why would you go to a mom and pop shop and pay ten dollars for a burger when you can come to us where we rehydrate our meat and we're a big chain. Listen to us. Speaking of chains, I have an article that's coming out. Wait till you say, you know, money laundering is a funny thing. These big companies uh, do this. I'm going to tell you something um, that was told to me once. And I kind of thought, well, that's odd, right? And then I figured out what it was. But there's a food chain back in the day that actually was in every single nation it is in every single nation and we all know it as mcdonald's right Uh, i don't know if i should no you know what we're gonna hold that i think i think i'm not saying you're not ready for it but see (laughs) we think that the state department um is our foreign policy speakers right they're the ones that they're, they're supposed to be the ones that are uh you know, our faces in France, our faces in Morocco, our faces in Sudan, our faces in Afghanistan, our faces in North Korea, South Korea, right? They, 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 those are supposed to be our faces and our voice, the people that represent us as the United States of America. But it turns out it could also be McDonald's, right? Uh, you know, where they make a lot of money even though they really don't and it just comes back to McDonald's and then McDonald's makes like these big donations. So I'm going to leave that there because I want to start with our domestic stuff first and then roll into that so you understand it uh, better. So it makes... um More sense. So now we're getting new coronavirus, um, you know, numbers, uh, new panic that must settle in uh, because, you know, Oklahoma is one of those states that has just seen this radical spike. Oh my gosh, it's like so insane. Uh, Everyone's getting sick now in Oklahoma. Uh, we had the Senate GOP unveil their police reform bill about an hour ago. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to that and talk about that a little bit. Um, and we have conservative censorship. And, you know, we talked about it on the Tory Says Show about three months ago. If, if, if the people in their positions, like in the FCC, did their job, we wouldn't have Google tapping underwater cables in the pacific it's almost as if you know we're just giving access to china europe etc so all are upstreamed every single bit of data but okay i digress so let's start with cbs's incredible report this morning how new cases spike amid mass reporting six states are reporting reporting record-breaking increases listen to the panic
1: The country may be at a crucial point this morning in the coronavirus pandemic with cases rising again and officials deciding whether to stay the course on reopening at least 19 states. Think about that for a second. 19 states have seen new cases go up in just the last two weeks. Anthony.
2: That's right, Gail. And six states reported record increases yesterday. That includes nearly 2,400 new cases in Arizona, more than 2,600 in Texas and nearly 2,800 new cases in Florida. But there is also some possible good news when it comes to treating the virus. Manuel Bajorquez is
3: following all this from Miami. Many a lot of people are getting sick. What are officials saying? Well, good morning, Anthony, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Tuesday the case spikes are due to increased testing, especially in high risk areas like nursing homes and farming communities. He did acknowledge community spread is happening, but the state's reopening plan is not changing.
4: And You do now have widespread testing of asymptomatic people.
3: Tuesday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dismissed concerns reopenings are driving Florida's record-breaking run of new coronavirus cases
4: the restaurants have been doing this for what have they been doing it for for six weeks i mean the idea that that all of a sudden is the reason i'm not sure that that's um that that's the case so no we're not shutting down but bars in several
3: cities have started closing on their own after workers and patrons tested positive for the virus including lynch's pub in jacksonville seven of its 49 employees tested positive so did erica crisp and 10 of her friends after going there for drinks
5: we have all been stuck indoors for months seeing careful, social distancing, doing everything the right way. And then the first night we go out, Murphy's
6: Law, I guess.
3: A similar phenomenon is happening as bars reopen in Texas, according to Governor Greg Abbott, who threatened to suspend liquor licenses for restaurants, violating reopening rules.
2: There are certain counties uh, where a majority of the people who are tested positive in that county are under the age of
3: 30. And this typically results from people going to bar type settings. But some good news Tuesday, a potential breakthrough has emerged in the fight against the virus.
7: And what we saw was really quite remarkable. Scientists
3: in the United Kingdom said that a cheap decades old steroid called dexamethasone reduced deaths in COVID-19 patients on oxygen by 20% and reduced death by 35% for patients on ventilators. This is really good news. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook says while the findings still need to be published and peer-reviewed, the initial reports are promising.
2: One of the nice things here is that there was a relatively large number of patients studied for several months. And so the fact that they're saying there was a statistically significant decrease in mortality with dexamethasone is very encouraging.
3: The mayors of nine Texas cities sent a letter to Governor Greg Abbott urging him to grant them the authority to enforce mask wearing in public. An executive order by the governor prohibits local governments from imposing fees or criminal penalties for not wearing a mask in public. We reached out to the governor's office but have not yet heard back.
0: Oh dear, they haven't heard back. So now we're all going to die again, and they're pushing dexamethasone. Let me tell you about dexamethasone. So first of all, it is given and prescribed to people for short term, right, Uh, to reduce any inflammation, and it calms down your immune system, meaning it deprives your immune system, right? Calm down, calm down, right? It actually pretends to be cortisol. Do you know what cortisol is? It's an actual hormone that your adrenal glands release when you're stressed out. So it, it it controls metabolism and stress. You know what they say. When you're stressed, you gain weight. When you're stressed, you're insane. And here's another thing. It actually blocks certain areas of your brain too. Uh, you know, it causes disorders, uh, you know, in your ability to think specifically your pineal gland is affected and um, your ability to not be rash so um, you become anxious uh, you're irritable, your vision is all messed up uh, you have a lot of water retention because of it, you get agitated really easy, um, women start to grow facial hair <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding and this is because of high cortisol levels, uh, you're, you're you're not being able to heal wounds on your body. Uh, you know, uh, you it's the it's the worst thing. And people that have you know heart failure, diabetes, osteoporosis, uh, TB, uh, peptic ulcers, Cushing should not be using this because why it increases cortisol. So they're giving you something that makes you very vulnerable, both physically, right? It makes you fat, slow, right? Unable to have clear judgment, right? And it, it it should not be used long-term, very short-term, and usually in young people. Because this this is a drug that you have to actually taper off. So it's the most insane drug ever ever that anyone would prescribe i'm speaking from a molecular level this will increase your appetite you can't concentrate if someone says something to you like oh my gosh the sky just turned you know pink it's all pink it was never blue it within like hours you could be convinced because it actually hinders your ability to make sound judgments and um, it amplifies responses through the amygdala which is your reptilian portion of the brain which is more aggressive but you know that's the upside we can just not give people a drug we know works we'll give them one that kind of works because it suppresses an overactive immune system while making you super stressed out so we can use your own body's immune system responding to something with stress and anxiety <laughs> Amplified to the nth level, so you know only the strongest will survive. So this is the new wave. The new wave they want to push. Obviously, it's coming from what? Oh, Oklahoma.
8: Geez. Hello. Listen to the Today Show today. Talk- we'll start with NBC. Sam Brock. He's in Coral Gables, Florida, for us this morning. Hi, Sam. Good morning.
2: Savannah, good morning. Texas and Florida both just jumped 2,600 cases in a single day. Both of their governors saying there's a common threat here. Young people testing more likely as they are heading out and venturing to new businesses that are reopening right now. All of that going on, but health experts worry that young and old are not following guidelines. Florida might be one of the country's newest coronavirus hotspots, but some folks desperate to get back to work are urging the state to allow all bars to reopen. They're opening casinos,
4: but we can't serve a beer.
2: <laughs> those calls coming days after this Hollywood, Florida social distancing fiasco and 16 Jacksonville bargoers enjoying a night on the town and all contracting COVID-19. I was one of
3: those people that like,
9: ah, come on, it's not that serious. And I got it.
2: One healthcare worker who attended the bar sang on Facebook, I should have known better. I should have been more cautious. But alas, it is what it is. Florida is currently riding a wave of cases, more than 13,000 in a week. The governor attributing the spike to more testing. But nationwide, the numbers in many places point up. 23 states have seen a rise over the last week, more than a dozen, a surge of 25% or more. That includes four states in triple digits, Montana, Wyoming, Hawaii, and Alabama, up almost 150%. In Arizona, cases hitting a new all-time high, almost doubling the state's previous record. The percentage of the population with the disease there, higher than some global hotspots. Sadly, disparities in care there are also pronounced. This church has been used as a testing site.
10: Not having a hospital in this area, you have to drive. 35, 40 miles to get to the, to the hospital.
2: On a day Texas hit record hospitalizations again, Governor Greg Abbott rejected a call from nine Texas mayors, including Houston, Dallas and Austin, for permission to require masks. All of us have a collective responsibility to educate the public that wearing a mask is the best thing to do. Putting people in jail, however, is the wrong approach. Protests for Florida's governor to do the same. It's been definitively shown that wearing masks saves lives. Leading to a similar outcome.
4: At the end of the day, you know, we should be trusting people to make good decisions. A
2: decisive move towards safety for Nevada's governor, stopping his state's next phase of reopening.
4: We're not in the post-COVID time.
11: We're in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic.
2: And there is some encouraging news this morning for younger people. New research out shows that children and teens are only half as likely to contract this virus as those who are 20 or older. But of course, guys, so much about the coronavirus, we're still learning. Back to you.
8: Absolutely, Sam. Thank you. That sets us up nicely for NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Joseph Fair. Dr. Fair, good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, let's talk about this surge in cases because, of course, when you start reopening, you know that you're going to get more cases, and we're seeing that. How do we know if the surge is something that could lead to an outbreak that would be a, a real concern?
0: Uh, you mean because the new hot spots are Oklahoma, Texas and Florida and some other states where uh, just coincidentally, completely coincidentally, OK, super co- coincident where President Trump is holding rallies and where the GOP convention is going to be totally coincidental.
5: Well, that's definitely what we're seeing in these states. And, you know, the analogy or the, you know, the point earlier about having more tests is going to reveal more cases, that's actually true. But what we really go by as a differentiator here with COVID-19 is how many hospitalizations are you seeing? So that would indicate new cases that you wouldn't have picked up even if you did. Um, sorry, if you didn't have the diagnostics or whether you did or not there. So those are the people that are getting acutely ill. So that indicates it's a bigger problem than what we thought it was. And so we're seeing record hospitalizations in the states. That That have opened up really early that have uh, maybe been somewhat laxed with their earlier social distancing measures and we're seeing that right now we're seeing record jumps in all of those states as they rush to open up
8: And we remember, of course, from from when this was acutely happening in March and April, the concern being that if you have that surge of cases, suddenly you're overrunning hospitals, you are straining resources. Is that the situation that's setting itself up in some of these southern and Sunbelt states or are are they better equipped to handle this surge?
5: I would say they're very, you know, little better equipped than they were, say, two to three months ago, other than experience with treating patients. So, you know, there's still going to be problems with PPE. There's still going to be a problem to have enough diagnostics, say, if there is a massive surge of cases coming in. We have many more diagnostics than we did before, but, you know, that that is accounting for the number of cases we had, not necessarily for the number of cases we will have. And so if, if those numbers surge, we're, we're gonna face an additional strain on the system. And right now, you know, we really haven't seen a dip in the cases. We saw a, a flattening of the curve, if you will, and maybe we shouldn't have used that term early on. We, we wanna see a drop in the curve. So we've seen a plateau. So technically we are still in the first wave. And the second spike that we're seeing is really induced by ourselves. It's induced by us opening up early and moving on from the problem before the problem has moved on from, from us.
0: Huh. Kind of sounds like what happened
8: in 1919. Uh, let's talk about this uh, hopeful sign, a drug that is in, as I understand it, free pharmacy, it's cheap, it's available, and it's... Sh- the drug, remember, the drug that
0: makes you not think clearly, the drug that makes you uh, impulsive, the drug that makes you susceptible, the drug that makes you fat,
8: tired, swollen that drug showing real promise in in treating the most severe covid-19 cases tell us about it
5: well First of all, I want to say, you know, what we have from this is a press release about the data. We haven't actually seen the data yet, but if the data holds up, it is extremely promising. Like you said, it's a cheap, uh, readily available drug that's been in use for a very long time. It's a commonly used steroid that would dampen the immune response. A lot of what we see in the most critically ill and severe cases of COVID nineteen is your own immune system overreacting to a pathogen that it's never encountered, or you know, a virus or a, a bacteria that it's never encountered. So, what your immune system does is basically throw every tool in its arsenal out and on a normal kind of flu or cold you wouldn't do that so you get moderately ill when you do that all together all at the same time you get extremely ill and that's a lot of what we see patients kind of dying from or contributing to their death so this drug itself dampens that immune response and allows you to kind of handle it without overreacting per se with your immune system
8: And the researchers say they are going to put forth a more formal study, but wanted to get the information out there because of uh, its potential implications for people who are sick right now. Dr. Fair, who has recovered from COVID-19, it's good to have you with us again. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you so much.
8: uh, All right. Hoda, to you. All right. Thank
1: you, Savannah. Speaking of the coronavirus concerns, there are a lot of them surrounding President Trump's campaign rally in Oklahoma.
0: There we go. We know that. But again, we're going to talk about this because we have to talk about this coronavirus medication, this medication that every single mainstream media outlet today in their you know little Operation Mockingbird is pushing like gospel. Pay attention.
1: This weekend, an event that is expected to be one of the largest gatherings in the country since the start of the pandemic. NBC's Kristen Welker joins us from the White House with more on this. Hey, Kristen, good morning.
9: Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Health officials in Oklahoma are expressing health concerns about the rally on Saturday. And now Dr. Anthony Fauci is weighing in. In a series of interviews on Tuesday, Fauci dismissed the president administration's claims that an increase in cases in various states is only a result of more testing and said even he would not feel comfortable attending a big campaign event. Just days before President Trump's campaign rally in Oklahoma, the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, telling the Daily Beast overnight, no, when asked if he would attend a large rally. Fauci adding, I'm in a high risk category. Personally, I would not, of course not. It comes after Vice President Pence wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal entitled, there isn't a coronavirus second wave. Fauci striking a different tone,
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you guys, this is really, really important because this steroid and there is research out there shows that adolescents, adolescents and young adults that take this medication become extremely aggressive, extremely aggressive and dominant. Who do we see in these Chaz zones? Who are we seeing at these riots? Who are we seeing out on the streets? Think. Think. They are turning adolescents and young adults into what? Insane monsters. Insane monsters. There are tons, I mean, Tons of papers written uh, from years ago that this steroid does this. Oh, women don't even get me started. For those pink wearing teenage, you know, young adult women and even middle age. Oh, let me not get started on the women going through menopause what it does to their mentality this is horrific they are turning when i said red summer man they are turning people into monsters unapologetically they are pushing a drug that makes
9: young people literally crazy aggressive crazy telling the journal, we're still in a first wave. Earlier during an interview on NPR, Fauci stressing the importance of social distancing, wearing masks and trying to avoid large crowds.
2: It's not inevitable that we're going to have a second wave if we do what we need to do to prevent it from happening.
9: It's a remarkable disconnect, as the President and Vice President intensified their defense of Saturday's rally, which will be held at an indoor venue in Tulsa that holds about 19,000 people. Pence pressed about whether future rallies should be held
4: outdoors. It's all a work in progress, we've had such an overwhelming response. Uh, that uh, we're also looking at uh, another venue.
9: A senior campaign official tells NBC News that while Saturday's rally will be held indoors, the campaign is also considering having the president address an overflow crowd outside. According to Oklahoma's Department of Health, the state has begun to see an increase in cases. Totally coincidental. And hospitalizations over the past two weeks. But the state's Republican governor stresses overall cases are low. And statistics show only about 170 people are hospitalized with the virus statewide. But the president's supporters are already starting to camp out undeterred.
1: It's just an effort to to show support for President Trump. Gives him his tackling fuel to continue the work that he's doing for the American people.
9: Now, when asked for a response to Dr. Fauci's comments, a White House spokesperson defended the president's handling of the crisis, saying overnight, quote, as the president has said, the cure cannot be worse than the disease. Meanwhile, late Tuesday, a judge denied an emergency motion to stop President Trump's rally in Tulsa after local lawyers tried to block it over health concerns. The motion is expected to go all the way to the state Supreme Court.
0: Hoda. So, Christy. So this new drug that they're pushing, you guys, shows that there is increased aggression in those that are younger aged. So that's all they need is to provide people, which probably maybe the people you see in Chaz are currently taking dexamethasone. Think about it. This is how they operate. Uh, They will do anything to maintain power. Anything. Right. Welcome back, everyone. So I hope that now, you know, my listeners that have been with me for as long as I've been on the radio with just my name uh, have understood how you can see what they're doing. Uh, is it a coincidence that it's the college-aged students that went out to the bars that got sick? Is it a coincidence that they're saying that there's a new spike? Is it a coincidence that on a global platform, they are saying that young adults are getting sick now and that they have these new miracle? miracle drug a new miracle drug that has been proven to be correlated their aggressive dominant behaviors revealed significant interaction between age and treatment on overall aggression scores these are significant interactions between age and treatment again significant when they did tests at first um, with this drug on animals, they found that on adolescent animals that were given the drug dexamethasone, there were out of 25 animals, right? 20 of them began biting and attacking the scientists as opposed to only five of them that were adults, Uh, you know, fully grown adults. So the adolescents, so um, how they were showing submissive behavior. There's tons of research, which ones were doing defensive posturing, (laughs) which ones were trying to, um, you know, push forward, believe it or not, believe it or not, listen to this. Weight gain, uh, the difference between male and female, uh, the testicle weight increased. Are you listening? Testicles like Kahonas, which gave you know the males more of an aggressive stance. Look at the dildo wavers, the soy boys. I mean, they could use a little bit of hair on their chest, right? Uh, with those skinny jeans and, ugh. but. This has a behavioral response. This drug has been found to um, have um, hormonal facilitation of reproductive and aggressive behaviors in both androgens and estrogens. This is why I said women uh, through menopause that take this is insane. If they do this, they will have our our own youth killing each other. They will have them doing the things that you're seeing in Minneapolis right now where they're claiming that George Floyd is a saint, right? They're sitting there baptizing children where he died. Remember, this is a guy that held a pregnant woman at gunpoint. This is a guy that was a career criminal that allegedly died. All three androgens in the cocktail that they used Uh, you know, putting forward cocktail of of sentiment. Okay. Now I don't want to say, oh, well, that's figurative speech. So, when they gave the drug they gave it in different doses right so there was a lower middle and greater dosage regardless of the dosage they found uh only that the magnitude of the response was different uh there was an increase in body size um uh, male growth hormones were up uh testosterone was off the charts and it actually caused concerns of estrogen and, like I said, complete aggression, complete aggression. And yet they're telling you, you need this. They're telling you, listen to this.
1: It's an indoor rally. Um, There's an outdoor stadium that holds more people. It's open air outside. How likely is it that that may change? They may move it to the outdoor venue?
9: Well, it's a great question. At this point, it doesn't seem like the campaign is planning to move the entire event altogether to an outdoor stadium. But the vice president did say they are trying to get creative and therefore they're looking for outdoor spaces for any overflow events or any additional activity. Now, we also know that Oklahoma's governor said he spoke to the president and vice president and asked the campaign to move to an outdoor venue. That governor is planning to meet here at the White House with the president on Thursday for a previously scheduled meeting. But undoubtedly, the rally and its location will come up, Hoda.
1: All right. Kristen Welker for us at the White House. Kristen, thank you. Craig joins the table now with another major story out of Washington overnight. That's Woman.
2: right, Hoda. That's right. The Justice
8: Department filing a lawsuit to stop the publication of a new book. By- Okay,
0: let's attack Trump. We don't even want to hear it. What we want to know is that um, when they did an experiment and they saw, um, uh, you know, with people and with animals, brain chemistry showed significant changes and uh, specifically specifically those changes were involved in aggressive behavior so I'm telling you this second wave is going to be off the charts because they need it they need to annihilate middle America they need to annihilate the economy they need to annihilate you they need to annihilate you and remember those crazies in Chaz also have guns too we've seen the videos we know what's up this is the biggest Biggest attack on the human race ever. And I don't say that lightly, ever. Do you see this happening again and again and again? Of course. As long as we allow them to dictate what the economy is, they will use your health. The only thing you cannot buy, the only thing you are at the mercy of technology to maintain, to suppress your liberty within the United States of America. That is exactly what they want. They did it for the global domination, right? First, they kill the economy because of global warming. Let's stop this. Let's stop that, which is all a hoax too, because those papers that tell you that the polar caps are melting, those papers that are telling you there's so much carbon. Oh my God. All those papers are paid for. The papers that aren't paid for, the papers that are independent, you'll see is people pulling out ice cores with ice that is over 300 million years old, telling you that we have the lowest carbon in the atmosphere ever. This is all BS to be that conceited to think. That by changing your hairspray, you change the ozone within 30. You remember the hole in the ozone that they were telling you about? Oh, my gosh, there's a hole in the ozone. It's because of hairspray. Oh, my gosh, we're going to die. We had another, you know, Greta, angry, autistic person talking, you know, in the 70s, Suzuki. Remember that? And everybody changed their hairspray. Oh, CFCs, they so bad. But the truth was, it was that we had so much volcanic activity that it was uh, interrupting. And that's why it was pooling over Australia more. It has to do with (laughs) the atmosphere. And guess what? It's pretty much no more holes in the ozone now. And yet we have higher emissions, higher this, but, you know, global warming. And it didn't really work because people are seeing that, you know, George Soros and all these other big people are all about this green deal that has nothing to do with green stuff. We need to save the world because we're all going to burn when we're not. It's all a hoax. It's a big hoax. Whoever has the money can produce research to tell you whatever they want. They're telling you cancer is totally genetic, has nothing to do with the garbage that we give you. BS, BS, cancer always existed. You know, that's a short circuit in the software. Uh, tumors just grow because they, 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 they lose the checkpoint to stop regrowing. That's basically what cancer is. Basic cancer biology 101, you know, you have two cells on your skin, um, that flank a middle one. The middle one dies and cue music. One of these cells like yo yo yo, we're empty here. We need to build another one. The cell says, all right, let's start. They start to generate a cell, and then there's like, okay, I made the cell. Now we can stop. But guess what happens? It gets stuck. It gets stuck on the keep growing. So another cell grows and another cell grows and another cell grows. So that's what cancer is basically. That the battery forgets to turn itself off. How does that happen? Increase cortisol levels severe damage, uh, you know, uh, lack in vitamin D, uh, vitamin C deficiency, uh, extreme scarring uh, from neighboring cells, hence the communication is wrong. So usually people that have had injuries, uh, internal injuries, right, um, uh, get cancer very easily. Uh, This is why they say smoking is no good because, you know, at the end, you're constantly losing lung cells. So it gives you a greater opportunity for it to get stuck but it's got to be the perfect marriage first of all you have to have a faulty genetic code that's number one uh number two you also have to be it's it's a it's a perfect storm because most people that you see no joke that you see uh that get cancer usually super 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 fit uh you know they're runners they're like oh my gosh i did everything right i don't smoke and that's the majority. So let's put it on the side. And there's research that was actually laughed at, but it was actual research that says if you're 20 to 30 pounds overweight, uh, that is the sweet spot for your body to be able to, uh, uh, be more less prone to cancer. Why? Because you have an increased amount of natural cortisol going through because your body does a little bit more work, uh, to function because you're fatter. Therefore it grows up your what stamina. And defenses. This is like legit research. You could look it up, tons of papers, and everyone jokes about it, but that's the truth um, because you can build your immunity to it. I mean, I have people all the time saying, There's no way you're 42. You smoke. You should look older. And I'm like, Shh, It's all a myth, man. I've got great genetic code, but, you know, uh, it's 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 all about keeping a good balance. Obviously, I'm not really balanced right now. I'm severely fat. But, you know, it's all about a good balance. Moderation is the key. The Goldilocks zone is the key. But, you know, they tell you to go to the extremes. I'm not going to get into that. But here is where we have them. Uh, wanting to take away this middle zone the middle class businesses i mean you know why are you going to go to Mamma mia's to eat when you can go to uh i don't know uh olive garden i mean olive garden is a chain it's consistent you know it's good all you can eat pasta for 10 bucks. Why are you going to go to Mama Mia's and pay $20 for handmade pasta when the consistency is not always there? They don't ever have everything on the menu. You know, that's exactly what happens. Or you know, why go to, you know, Jake's Deli on the corner where he slices his corned beef that he made himself? Uh, why not just go to Subway? It's cheaper. It's consistent. We're a chain. See? I told you this is going to happen. You should just go to fast food to us you should just come to us. We know better. We're smart. We have a lot of money. So you will come to us and eat. You don't need these little places. What coffee house? Shoot. Don't go to the little one in the corner. Come to us. That's They're charging you $7. I'm charging you five. Come here. This is how they're destroying the economy because what little Mama Mia, Jake's Deli, you know, fruity, granola munching, lavender coffee spot, you know, or little bookstore uh, where people like exchange books, sell books. What, who's going to survive a second wave? Nobody. Those that survived right now survive with the skin of their teeth, right? They're all gone. And this is just going to put the final nail in the coffin. Boom. Gone. And this is what they want. No more local restaurants, no more local businesses. It should be to the big boxes. Wait a minute. You mean you want to offer an alternative social media platform? We will crush you. We will not let you advertise on our monopolized platforms where we sell apps. We won't let you get any ad revenue. We won't let you because it's ours. So people will come to us because we can make it cheaper and no one's going to come to you. And that's true. In the end, people will go for what, cheapest it'll be all just big corporations that's the idea this is what google who's like that you know slimy thing with the with the with the with the zits in the movie dune it was just eating all these companies that's it and you know how it started with clowns telling us that over two million americans are going to die and so far we've had what like about a hundred thousand. that's half of what we would have by the flu they have put you in lockdown they have made you hostage to your own self yet you know sweden was like nah i don't care let everybody get sick that's what we need to do what happened to chicken pox parties and measles parties that's what we need that's how you build immunity That's what we should be doing. But this lockdown is going to add in more. Those people that have been using sanitizer like idiots, wearing masks all the time, gloves all the time, have lost immunity already. You are compromised, immunocompromised right now by leaving your house because you have stayed like that. You haven't exposed yourself to bacteria. You haven't been out there. You haven't been out there and you're done. You're toast. You're going to die first. Especially the ones that were in the cohorts that were planned for this dexamethasone. See, so timely. FDA says, now more hydroxychloroquine like this. We can only do it like this. Oh, but dexamethasone that shows aggression in young adults is perfect. This is perfect. You know, we have so many deaths. United Nations, right? They're the ones that issued a report, right? That said that... Um, and the New York Times had said that three over what was it, thirty-six countries um, are going to experience famine because of the lockdown. This is this is the stuff they're telling people. Okay. And that this number is going to be huge, and this is all because of illness. We're going to go into starvation. And, 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 and in India, this is going to happen. and there's billions of people and, and, and you can't work and, and you're supposed to stay home and you're what am I going to do to eat? Yeah, fend for yourself. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to do this. You can't go out there and hunt for your food. You're not allowed out of your house. You can't do anything. Sit there and just die and wait. <laughs> this is it. You know, Sweden at least um, tried it. I mean, the Swedes are a socialist nation. I'm just saying they do. And the media is amplifying all this uh, fear tactic. Uh, this is what you would call anxiety porn, Panic porn, right? Uh, people are always looking into it. Oh my gosh, the vice. You wonder sometimes how the heck they wake up every morning. Uh, you know, they, you you have to think about it. I, I look at every single media outlet so that I can provide you uh, a little like uh, you know synopsis of what's going on in our society, in our world. And so that way, you are an advised global resident but American citizen and. It's so hard when you are being bombarded by all this garbage, Uh, all this garbage, all this fake news. And and, and you don't know which way to to look. How do you know that, you know, this is going to make it work, that this is going to be how it's going to like, how do you know? You just have to take their word for it because guess what? Everywhere you turn, they will tell you, uh, you know, what it is that, um, you should be doing and what is going to happen to you. They will tell you, okay, they will tell you. And that's the problem that you have them telling you exactly what you should be doing and you're accepting it because no one is there to see it you can't see it hmm. you know how do you how do you fix it how do you fix this pandemic by stop I would just say just stop listening um, to the news stop listening to what they are telling you stop listening to you know fake news how, how are you going to get rid of this pandemic by not listening to them anymore. By really not listening to them anymore. By focusing on the facts. By looking at the truth. By looking for the truth. Right? This is what you have to do. Uh, this is, it, it is important, uh, that you do this yourself. Because no one can sit there and f- spoon feed you. You have to want to escape this manufactured reality that they have provided you and they have demanded that you abide by. Now, listen to why it's important that we fight big tech because without big tech, this infodemic would never have happened.
12: Web at NBC News' Verification Center forced to backtrack this morning after allegedly pushing Google to ban ads on a conservative website. The report says that the technology giant's plan to demonetize both Zero Hedge and The Federalist over racist content in their comment section. Google reviewed the issue and said that The Federalist was never demonetized because it removed comments on its site. Joining me right now is former White House press secretary and Fox News contributor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for being here.
13: Great to be with you. Thanks, Maria.
12: Well, it's interesting that Google can force the Federalists to eliminate their comment section. It's not like the Federalist wrote the comments. These are comments from people who read articles on the Federalist and want to comment on them. And yet Google said, if you don't remove that comment section, we're going to cut into your ad revenue. I think it's a very dangerous game for
13: Google to start playing the censorship card. Um, particularly if they're going to focus all their efforts of censorship on conservative websites and if they don't do the same on liberal websites um, I think it shows a very clear bias and sends a very clear message about where they are leaning and where they're pushing people uh, to go. I think that's a very dangerous road for them to go down just like the media shouldn't take a role in elections. Google and other big tech companies shouldn't either. They need to put information out there and let Americans decide for themselves where they're going to go i've seen some pretty outrageous comments on a lot of liberal websites about the president and people in his administration myself included that have never been taken down uh never been asked to be removed by companies like google and i think this is a very dangerous road and one they should think very carefully about before they travel down it
12: it's probably one of the reasons that there are real questions about new legislation that will remove any protections that these social media companies have in terms of not getting sued because they're not content creators. In fact, Devin Nunes says that's exactly what they are, content creators.
13: That's certainly what they're becoming, and they're moving more into that space. Um, and, and again, I think that that is a difficult place for them uh, to travel down. Particularly, we've seen so much intensity focused on censorship of conservatives, but not that same level of scrutiny placed on liberal Websites, I think that they're putting themselves in a very bad position um, and not a very good one. I think moving forward over the as we particularly get closer to the election and something I think they should take a big step back from. And that's across the board for big tech and social media platforms.
14: Yeah, Dagan. Sarah, so many people in the media are upset with, and you experienced this firsthand, President Trump and the treatment of the media by people within the administration. However, I will point out to quote Sean Davis, the co-founder of The Federalist, that it is in fact NBC News that is interfering in the coverage of an election. Here's what Sean Davis wrote on Twitter. NBC News, is in a lot of trouble given that they conspired with a secretive foreign outfit. He's referring to the UK Center for Countering Digital Hate to defame the Federalists and seek to interfere in U.S. elections by trying to get our publication banned and deplatformed in the middle of the 2020 election. So members, some members of the media clearly need to hold up a mirror and look in it if they want to talk about the destruction of our constitutional protections of Freedom of speech and the destruction of trust in the media. But there is no trust for any channel, for
0: any one of them, because they're all liars, losers, leakers. The bottom line is they want to kill you. They hate you. They want to destroy you unless you submit and bend the knee. That is the bottom line. And if, if, If people in elected positions and non-elected positions were really out looking out for you, Google will not have had the ability for the past four months to be hijacking underwater communication cables to bifurcate them for direct access to Taiwan to lower prices. That means they get to share our communications all of them. I'll see you guys right after this break. We will we'll go global. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says So, Says Show, says so. (laughs) That was (laughs) Tory Says So. Oh my gosh. It's June 17th, 2020. This is the second hour of the Tory Says Show. Um, Now we're going to talk about. Global stuff. Stuff that nobody wants to talk about. Stuff that you're not listening to because, you know, it's not that important, right? You should be more worried about dying in your house. You should be more worried about, you know, the death that's going to come. You're being misled. Uh, You know, people are going to die. I'd rather a million people die across the planet than... uh, 10 million. Now, uh, there's gonna be a funny article that I'm gonna be putting up actually. Um, you know, uh, someone used this new AI tech to amplify videos videos from the days of yore, uh, you know, from the 1920s, making them more smoother so AI can actually fill in the blanks and use specific motion detection. I thought I'd let you know that. Hopefully, I can get it up tonight. But um, working with this person um, and amplifying this, we took uh, videos from the Bohemian Grove from some secret recording there and amplified it so you can actually see what's going on. It's pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of questionable video about Michael Obama and boy, uh, you know, either, you know, there was a hot dog with a couple of, you know, friends joining in on the party. It was so spot on and this is only enhanced through you know some really exciting new AI to be able to see and increase the frames so that you can see better what's going on and you know then the next thing we're working on is using these Joe Biden videos the ones that he actually looks sane in to, to show that that was a deep fake so I've been working on that too while I've been working on trying to make sure that my website doesn't die again uh, because it's constantly being attacked and you know uh, WordPress is is a funny type of thing Uh, their code and can get really messy um and uh, it's been really, really difficult for me. Like I, I have a server that I can trust. Uh, it was constantly being knocked off, so the whole server doesn't go, you know, taking out thousands upon thousands of websites at once. Um, so it's it's been a struggle, I can say. So the Tory says dot um, com page has been uh, is is going through changes. So I'm gonna I, I've put some lighter code in there. I'm gonna try to make it look a little bit more sexier. Um, probably decrease the ads. I mean, even though the ads actually pay for the site, well, kind of, not really, but you know, they kind of do. Because, <laughs> you know, Google Ads gives you like what, 0.00001 per view. So you can't really make a living off of Google Ads. But And and I hate spammy things. So I'm trying to sort that out. So uh, I will be putting up uh, some new articles up there today. One of them will be about dexamethasone, uh, you know, this new push that they're doing. Another one will be Be about North Korea and how they've been funding North Korea, uh, you know, on the download through their Room 39 people. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. Um, And also, you know, showing you, hey, is this Levon Robinson or what? You know, just a question, not saying that it's a real thing. I mean, Joan Rivers could have told us, but she shouldn't have said that right before a routine surgery where she kind of sort of. Didn't come out of after kind of, sort of making those statements. (laughs) All right. Uh, Moving along, I want us to start off with um, uh, a bit of news in regards to the police reform bill. I think it's important to um, uh, listen to the opening statement, which I was a little bit, uh, you know, I was, you know, I hate this. Because it's always going to be, you know, uh, the person they want to put forward to make it. I'm just going to leave it at that. uh, Let me just say the opening peed me off. But anyway, let's take a listen to the first couple minutes of this so you understand what the sauce of the whole matter is. And um, then we'll get into uh, Russia, Syria, South Korea, Jordan, Sudan, uh, because we've got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on uh, around the world right now
15: is police reform, accountability and transparency. Uh, You are also smart enough to put together a really strong group of senators who understand the issue, who have passion about the issue and also have expertise in different aspects of the Senate. So this is a great team that you've put together and I appreciate uh, having an opportunity to discuss the important issue of police reform. Uh, Let me start by simply saying that too often we're having a discussion in this nation about are you supporting the law enforcement community or are you supporting communities of color? This is a false binary choice. The answer to the question of which side do you support, it's I support America. And if you support America, you support restoring the confidence that communities of color have in in institutions of authority. If you support America, that means you know that the overwhelming uh, number of officers in this nation wanna do their job go home to their family. It is not a binary choice. This legislation encompasses that spirit. It speaks to the fact that we believe that the overwhelming number of officers in this nation are good people working hard, trying to keep order in the communities, communities of color and people like myself, I've told my story several times, stopped seven times in one year. Uh, That has been said a lot, but I was stopped this year uh, driving while black when I got a warning ticket for using, failing to use my turn signal earlier in my lane change. And so this issue continues and that's why it's so important for us to say that we hear you, we're listening to your concerns. Uh, The George Floyd incident certainly accelerated this conversation and we find ourselves at a place with a package that I think speaks to the families that I spoke with yesterday who lost loved ones. We hear you. I think this package speaks very clearly to the young person who's concerned when he's stopped by the law enforcement officers. We see you. And so what does this package do? Three major areas. One is on the area we have to have the right information so that we can direct our resources as a federal government to making sure that the outcomes lead to safer officers and safer suspects in the instances of challenges. Uh, That data collection or the information is around making sure that when serious bodily injury occurs or death, that all that information is reported to the FBI. Today, only 40% of the departments report that information to the FBI. We want all that information because when we hear about the Breonna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky, we don't have any information around no-knock warrants. So for us to start a conversation with banning no-knocks doesn't sound like a solid position based on any data because we don't have that data. Once we have the information, we can then turn to the training that is necessary to de-escalate situations. The the duty to intervene, not standing there watching an officer with his knee on the neck, but intervening in those situations. We can train our officers better. We can find ways and mechanisms to de-escalate the situation. So we spend a lot of time uh, in the training aspect using the resources of our grants to reduce the, the situations and violence in those situations. And then finally, we look at officer misconduct and the necessity of transparency. We believe that the preservation of records on the local level so that departments within the states have a chance to see, almost like a a reference check, what the past history of complaints have been against that officer. We do not create a national database. The president's executive order creates basically a national database for that information to flow into. We believe that our policy positions are one that brings the communities of color into a position of stronger uh, understanding and confidence in the institutions of the of authority and we believe that it brings our law enforcement community to a place where they have the resources necessary to de-escalate some of these situations and frankly uh, through James Langford's uh, work on this package, we bring in the opportunity to hire more officers and have more training and have a better perspective on the history. So with that, there's a lot that could be said, but instead of saying more, I'm going to give it over to Senator McConnell.
0: Well
11: thank you, Tim. Um,
0: well, before we listen to him, I think we should go live uh, to the uh, press secretary that's actually live right now. Um, and our prayers go, go out to
16: of the families. families. Yesterday, Yesterday, President President Trump Trump led and and brought our nation together together behind behind real, real, meaningful, meaningful, substantial substantial change to ensure ensure that we have have safe streets and safe safe policing. policing. Part of that that was having an incentive incentive structure to implement implement the highest highest professional professional standards standards in our our police police departments through an accreditation accreditation process. process. Uh, This Uh, this accreditation accreditation entails making sure you have de-escalation practices in place, use of force tactics in place, part of that is prohibiting chokeholds, except in the event where lethal force is used it also um, incentivizes information sharing and makes sure that if you have an officer who's had multiple uses of excessive force that that information is sent to a national database
0: hold on that's actually quite echoey let's go to this um let's go to this one
16: Good afternoon, everyone. Great to join you today. Oh my gosh, all of it. So, five years ago today, nine innocent parishioners of a historically black church were killed during an evening Bible study in Charleston. For that somber day at that Charleston church, as our hearts still break for the victims.
0: Yeah, so we're not going to do that. It's like echoing everywhere. I think that was done on purpose. So we're just going to skip over that and just go over to listening to Mitch McConnell because, you know, they're doing it on purpose. I mean, Fox, Diamond and everybody, it's all echoey. So um, let's go to Mitch McConnell and see what he has to say.
11: Even before George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, uh, Senator Scott has made it possible for those of us in the Senate Republican Conference who are not African-American to understand that this problem still exists. We learned about his being stopped on numerous occasions well before the events of this year. But the witnessing of the murder of uh, George Floyd and the experience in my hometown of Breonna Taylor certainly brings to the forefront this issue for all Americans, including uh, Senate Republicans. My role as the leader, as you know, is to decide what we're going to do. Uh, Floor time is the coin of the realm in the Senate because it does take a while to do almost anything. So what I'm announcing today is after we do two circuit judges who are queued up either this week or early next week, we're going to turn to the Scott bill. I'm going to file cloture on the motion to proceed. And our Democratic friends, if they want to make a law and not just try to make a point. I hope they'll join us in getting on the bill and trying to move forward in the way the Senate does move forward when it's trying to actually get an outcome, rather than just sparring back and forth, which you all have seen on frequent occasions by by both sides. I also want to thank the whole team behind us. Everybody's contributed significantly to this product, but without Tim's leadership, It would not have been possible, and without his leadership, I wouldn't be putting this on the floor. But I want you to know that we're serious about making a law here. This is not about trying to create partisan differences. This is about coming together and getting an outcome. We showed we could do that on the CARES Act. We've shown it on the Great American Outdoors Act, and we need to
17: show it on the Scott Bill. This is about making a law, not just making a point. Uh, this is not messaging. Uh, this is trying to be able to work in the most bipartisan way we can work. Get it on the floor. Let's have amendments. Let's talk through the process. Uh, equal justice under the law shouldn't be a partisan issue. Uh, a friend of mine and I uh, were talking a couple weeks ago. And his comment was It's not that our founding principles are off, our founding principles are right. We're still working on trying to be a more perfect union. And we have a ways to go on that. And where we find areas where we don't have a more perfect union, we should engage in those. So let me just give you a couple of examples. Senator Scott's gone through multiple different areas that are in the bill. Uh, there's a section of the bill that actually a black police officer in Oklahoma City first raised with me uh, to be able to say what's the possibility of putting grants out there to be able to help more departments hire black recruiters uh, and then to be able to help individuals uh, that are coming through uh, the training in the police academy to have that ability. Where communities Uh, And the law enforcement don't match as far as ethnicity. Could the federal government engage and to help incentivize that?
0: What? Okay, more freaking appropriation, cultural appropriation. Are you are we kidding? (sighs) Are you listening to this? I can't listen to this anymore. Let's go to global politics. I want to I want to I want to break my computer like right now. This is Horrible. So terrible. These are the people that are supposed to save us, the so Republicans. Oh man, man. You know, I really wish that all of us, my listeners, myself, uh, can all would all be just the people, the the party of the people, right? The party of the people. I really wish, but whatever. Let's uh, take an intermission quickly before I lose my mind uh, and listen to the words of this song.
10: Take my soak into the masses Writing my poems for the few They look at me, took the to me, shook of me, feeling me Singing from heartache, from the pain Taking my message from the veins Speaking my lesson from the brain Seeing the beauty through the... Limited limited, till it broke up when it rained down In my veins, oh, ooh, the blood in my veins, oh, ooh, but they never did, ever lived, ever been and flowing, inhibited, lived it till it broke open and rained down, it rained down like...
0: Exactly that. That's where we're at right now. Right, guys, where we're just like, just let the bullets fly. Let them rain. Right. Because it's through pain that you believe that there is a better picture. It's through pain that you realize and you believe that there is a better tomorrow right because you can do it it's in your hand and the fact is that we need to be paying attention right so um we're going to start talking about uh global uh, uh issues and what's going on so for number 1 number 1 well let me start with turkey cuz i don't have a lot to say on that yet but what i wanted to say is that turkey has now uh you know started the um offensive against um uh, say it, against uh, the Kurds. And the UN actually had a whole discussion uh, talking about the economic crisis in Syria. And this is because the US, according to Qatar's, you know, Al Jazeera, right, that US sanctions in Syria, the Caesar Act that is supposed to take effect tomorrow uh, is going to devastate them. So take a listen to what Al Jazeera
18: first had to say. Caesar's photographs, named after a military defector who documented torture and killings in Syrian government jails. His testimonies to the U.S. Congress was part of a campaign to hold the regime responsible for what have been described as war crimes. It led to the passing and now the implementation of a bill in the U.S., the so-called Caesar Act.
0: Yeah, you know who he testified to, Menendez. What the heck is Menendez still doing in the House after his perverted antics with little children?
5: Any country in the world, um, if there's a company, individual uh, entity that's providing technology, financial support, uh, military support to the Assad regime, are all liable for sanctions under the caesar bill
18: these sanctions go further than existing ones they're aimed at preventing international engagement with Bashar al-Assad's government partnering or fighting on its side will also be punishable the Syrian government calls the legislation economic terrorism but proponents of the law point to exemptions that minimize any impact on civilians
0: so I'm I'm okay with Bashar I'm just gonna say that straight um, he's not the best but the Syrians love him and they're his president you know that's their president and Menendez made this work and I'll tell you why because <laughs> they need Syria to fall they need the UN to be in there
17: the Syrian government is allowed to buy medicines if they want but they don't want to spend the good uh, foreign currency on that. They want to fund their war machine. They want to fund the militias.
18: Human rights groups have accused the Syrian government of using aid to fund its atrocities, benefit those loyal to it, and punish opponents by confiscating their properties.
0: Yeah, like confiscating ISIS properties.
18: Plans to move to a post-war phase in Syria will now be difficult.
0: And they, you know, this is, this is horrible. Here's what the UN had to say.
19: Council's monthly meeting on Syria was dominated by discussion of the deepening economic crisis. The UN Special Envoy Geir Pedersen... T-
0: I'm just going to say the United States did not have a representative at this meeting.
19: ...telling ambassadors the situation was now very grave. The economic crisis is hitting
11: every part of Syria, regardless of territorial control from Damascus and the southwest, to Aleppo and the northwest, and to the northeast. Medicine is more expensive and scarce, food prices have skyrocketed and the supply chains have been disrupted. The purchasing power of ordinary Syrians has seriously diminished as wages both private and public sector are vastly inadequate to meet the demands of the day.
19: The US administration clearly believes the economic crisis is putting President Assad under pressure, pressure that will only increase with the fresh sanctions that are now coming into force as part of what's known as the Caesar Act.
0: Our aim is to deprive the Assad regime of the revenue and the support. So why is Kelly Kraft still there? It has used to commit the large-scale atrocities.
9: And human rights violations.
0: This woman is our US envoy, uh, Kelly Craft that the State Department put, you know, what's the international office doing like seriously? Who is this clown and why is she still there? She's pandering to it. We should butt out. Prevent a political but Bob resolution. Menendez. Bob Menendez who hunted down every single person President Trump appointed at the State Department. Got them removed.
8: He got this done and severely diminished the prospects for peace.
19: Of course, it's not news that the Security Council is divided on Syria, but it's not just Russia and China who oppose the new sanctions. There are other-
0: Yeah, I, then I guess you have to throw me in there, too. Me, Russia and China oppose it. This is how you spark war, because while that's going on, this is what Turkey is doing in Syria, even though they're saying northern Iraq
19: of the operation is simply to deal the heaviest possible blow to the PKK in a short time. The government hasn't said how long it will last, but military experts have said on Turkish television that they expect it to last through the summer. I don't think, however, that it will involve uh, Turkish occupation of parts of northern Iraq.
0: Oh, you mean that they're just shooting the Kurds, right, in Syria and Iraq just to shoot them, not because they want to take over. It's the same damn analysis they did back in the 70s when the Turkish people were firing at the Cypriots. Oh, I don't think it's going to be occupation. I mean, we're all like a developed, you know, world right now. World, yeah, we're so developed. We're so awesome. We would never allow that to happen. Guess what? Guess what? 50 years later, half of Cyprus is still occupied by Turkey and they claim all of it is theirs. So again, tell me, but this is it. We've got Bob Menendez's plan of this Caesar Act going into effect tomorrow to annihilate the only Syrians that are left, right, with Assad. They, like Assad, do it. We've got Turkey attacking the Kurds in northeastern Syria and Iraq, but, oh, they're not going to go in there to occupy the territory. God forbid that they'll repeat what they've been doing forever, right? I mean, you got to be dumb to think that. And then it's like, oh... Russia's helping Syria because they're like totally throwing up weapons and they shouldn't because we need to do what we need to do. That's That's what they're telling you so this is this is where we're at you guys we have this going on right now and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's saying anything about it. it's all like yeah well you know that's on the other side of the world right now we have you know racism uh, so we need to deal with that because racism is like super huge in this nation it's not in Syria where they're literally selling slaves literally selling slaves right now in Northeast Syria, right? Where, you know, Turkey is occupying, right? That's the thing. It's so insane. It is really, really insane. And no one is talking about this and it's like, oh, then suddenly something happens and you're just like, all right, so um, what are we going to do now? Huh? What are we going to do now? Maybe we should just um, wait and sit and maybe it'll just correct itself, right? Is that what we should do? Just wait for it to correct itself. That's what they're telling us. That's what they're saying is the right thing to do. So in Idlib a Russian patrol vehicle was damaged in an attempted terrorist attack. Who's the terrorists?
14: Hmm, interesting. Who is it? So it's
0: the Russians that got attacked by who? Oh, right. By the Turks. So this is it. This is where it's happening. Russian bombs in a Kirlik air base. This is happening right now. Russian air defense shot down dozens of Al Qaeda drones in Syria. Dozens of them this month. Dozens. You don't hear about that. Right. You don't hear about that. What you hear about is the Democrat Caesar Act that is trying to annihilate Syria and hand it over to Turkey and Qatar and to terrorists. And there's Russia trying to defend it because, you know, if they can take over Syria, they could take over Russia's only naval base that is so massive in Syria. And, and you know, Russia is going to defend it like nobody's business. And Turkey is walking on thin ice. But, you know, we've got Al Qaeda drones. Thousands. Okay, that they've taken out and, you know, for some reason, they're the enemy. No, it's the United Nations that are sitting there. It's 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 people that are sitting now in our House and Senate that passed a bill that strangulates another another nation because, you know, fake news tells you they're a dictator. Yeah, they could be a dictator. That's right. They could be just like Xi Jinping. Right. Totally. Totally. That's okay though. Right. Is it is is it working for the, the citizens can uprise and they can ask us for help. No citizens have come forward to anyone to ask last person you want to help from is the U.N. Last person you want. So now we get that. Then we get, what, the salty Germans saying, oh my gosh, you like totally pulled out troops and didn't tell us. That's because we don't care about you. We know what's up. In the meantime, moving away from the Middle East and we move out to the Far East, we got other stuff going on. So North Korea, South Korea, a little bit delayed by month. This was supposed to happen a little bit earlier. But the one thing we did was, you know, Admiral Harris's BFF the South Korean unification minister stepped down today, step down today, step down. He offered his resignation early this morning, Korea time while we were sleeping. right? Um, and this is because, you know, he stepped down right after North Korea annihilated a building in Seoul. Um, and that building is where they used to sit and talk. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is infiltration 101. This is how they're going to get things done. This is how they're going to push it. And that's what's crazy. So he he put in his um his um let me let me let me play CNN's clip. Hold on. Hold on. Where is it?
10: Here
15: we
0: go. it says in north korean television with this ai that a building was tragically ruined with a terrific explosion
15: and
0: we're not talking like a house or a one-story building this was a building with like you know 30 stories and such. So this building was built in North Korea, like on their soil, but South Korea paid for it, um, where the South Koreans would come and the North Koreans would sit and talk. Um, And that's basically why it was so important. So in essence, um, North Korea... Uh, literally just um, shot down their own building that was paid for by them. Now, South Korea said that they're going to respond militarily uh, to North Korea, but it's like, all right, you paid for the building, but it's on their soil. So they didn't really attack you. They just said, you know what, poke this, we're not talking. And that's normal because this is what they were trying to do, keep them in a box. This Korean uh, you know, reunification has been you know, on talks forever and a day. Okay. Jimmy Carter actually had visited Pyongyang. Did you know that? He did, to meet with both of the Korean leaders. Um but um you know he he didn't get anywhere <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it that way um, in 2011 under the Obama administration they had put together some kind of reunification tax and the tax uh, was supposed to like help for unification fees whatever that tells you so they, they, they've gone through all of this many many times okay uh, just so you understand the GDP in South Korea is 4 million the GDP in North Korea is 1.9 million. A unified Korea gives a 6. Six. I didn't mean million. I meant trillion. So it's four trillion. South Korea, one point nine million. North Korea. Together, it's like uh, just a few, you know, millions over six trillion. So that's that's pretty interesting, considering that their population would be bigger. Now there have been studies that indicate that if they actually unified, they would be stronger and bigger than Japan almost instantly. Uh, They would have the best cyber warfare people there is um, so it's 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 a Pretty big deal. And a lot of people do not want this unification to go forward for other reasons unknown. But I want you guys to listen to Fox Business's report on this. Listen.
20: ...escalating tensions amid an already rocky relationship. North Korea blowing up a joint liaison office used for talks with South Korea. Here now is Bruce Klingner, a senior research fellow for the Heritage Foundation and a former CIA deputy chief for Korea. Thank you for joining us. What do you make of this move?
4: It's part of uh, increasingly vitriolic uh, remarks by the North toward the South, as well as uh, increasingly negative comments uh, about President Trump. And both of them are trying to push Washington and Seoul towards more concessions, more benefits, uh, as well as burnish the the hardline credentials of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's sister, uh, who is now seemingly the bad cop uh, in engaging with South Korea.
20: Yeah. Um, Blowing up this station in particular, quite a dramatic move. Um, But South Korea, you know, had often seemed to advocate on the side of North Korea with the U.S. It almost seems like, you know, biting the hand that's been on your side.
4: Right. Well, the the blowing up the liaison office was very uh provocative, but it was symbolic. Uh really North Korea has been rejecting dialogue with both Seoul and Washington for the last year. Uh and that building hasn't been used since at least January. So, uh it was, you know, very petulant, it was provocative, uh but it really hasn't, you know, raised tensions uh, you know, by itself. That said, North Korea has vowed to do other things, reoccupy guard posts along the DMZ, which had been vacated two years ago as part of an inter-Korean military agreement uh, and also some veiled threats about perhaps some uh, actions along a disputed maritime uh, uh, boundary in the West Sea. Uh, And then also some comments suggesting perhaps they're going to get back to provocations such as longer range missile launches. So, uh, you know, they're really trying to to push Seoul and, and Washington. And South Korea has been really conciliatory towards the north they they're reacting or they're uh, right. responding to north korea's demands
20: Yeah. So where does that leave our relationship right now? I mean, this is one of the news stories that dominated our headlines that we've taken our eye off of because there is so much that has been going on domestically, even to the extent that we were playing that guessing game of where was Kim Jong-un and was his sister now in charge. You know, we've largely taken our eye off this situation. Where does it stand?
4: Well, at at the end of last year, North Korea had said there was a deadline that the U.S. must uh, respond or or really abandon our, our policy and, and make it softer towards North Korea. Uh, they threatened to unveil a strategic weapon. And then really nothing has happened uh, since the beginning of the year until now. And that may have been because of COVID. They really shut down the country a lot. Uh, Kim Jong-un perhaps had health problems, which led to two extended absences. Uh, and so now they may be coming back to their usual game of, of provocation. Uh, although you know people are more concerned about what's going on uh, you know, in the near term, You know, if it were a barroom fight right now, we're still at the uh, hold me backstage rather than having devolved to the hold my beer and and watch me do something. Uh, But... North Korea has also talked about the U.S. presidential election several times which is unusual and I think they see that or they perceive that they have more leverage than they do in the the U.S. election. They may feel that the president uh, doesn't want any kind of provocations in the run-up to an election uh, and therefore he would give them more benefits or more concessions such as uh, relaxing sanctions in order to keep North Korea from doing an ICBM or a nuclear test.
20: I wonder how much it impacts our relationship with them that our relationship with China has deteriorated so much over this period of time. I mean, from the trade war to now, everything surrounding the coronavirus. How has that impacted this situation?
4: Well, they may see that they have some negotiating room uh, in that if the U.S. and China are are warring in different ways uh that that gives them some r- running room in order to try to raise concerns uh, through provocations uh but they also need to be wary about going too far uh the president has pretty much ignored a-, a lot of violations of un resolutions with uh 35 missile launches since the singapore summit all of which were violations uh but he's articulated that you know icbm or nuke test uh would be different and so if
0: I'm not buying it. So there's something else going on that they don't want to tell you, and I've been trying to tell you, that this unification process was supposed to be going forward. But North Korea has actually rejected um, uh, South Korea's offer to send people. Why? Now, I told you that Admiral Harris is, uh, you know, compromised. I told you that he is the one that leaked that uh, uh, Kim Jong-un may have been dead, may, may, allegedly, is okay, um, and so this is a problem because they cannot trust the South the the South Koreans anymore because they've been infiltrated, and this is uh, again because of Admiral Harris. It has such good relations with the Chinese, you know global cabal and the Korean uh, peninsula, global cabal. I mean, we have to think Malaysia. Um, So for those of you in the IC that are just, uh, you know, happen to be actually working on this, uh, you know, the Malaysian uh, ties that this admiral has had is the way forward. And this is how they're communicating with those that want to usurp any movement toward of free people. Take a listen to how Reuters explains that North Korea rejected the South's offer to send envoys.
21: North Korea rejected South Korea's offer to send special envoys to ease escalating tensions on Wednesday and instead vowed to redeploy troops to the border. This comes a day after North Korea blew up a joint liaison office on its border town Kaesong. South Korean army chief Chun Dong Jin, on Wednesday, urged the North to halt any action that would further worsen the situation.
7: Such a move immediately thwarts the efforts and achievements made by the two Koreas to maintain peace on the Korean Peninsula, and the North will surely pay if these measures are put into action.
21: The attacks mark a major setback to South Korea's efforts to foster reconciliation with the North. The demolished office was set up as part of a 2018 peace agreement by the two countries' leaders. A South Korean spokesman said Wednesday the trust built by the two leaders had been damaged by comments made by Kim Jong-un's sister Kim Yo-jong on state media KCNA. She said South Korean leader Moon Jae-in had failed to implement any part of the 2018 pact between the two countries. End quote put his neck into the noose of pro-U.S. flunkyism. But on the streets in South Korea's capital, business continued as normal and locals seemed unfazed by the attack.
10: It's just their way of maintaining power. I don't think they will actually go the distance. I might as well just do my job because I don't think a war will break out.
21: Others were more cautious. If we shut the door just because North Korea is being extreme, they can react in even more extreme ways, and I think the damage will come to us. The attack followed through on threats made earlier from the North, that they would retaliate if defector groups in the South continued to send food, propaganda leaflets, and messages critical of leader Kim Jong-un. Seoul has tried to stop the actions of defector groups in the past week and vowed to take legal action against them, arguing their actions actually fuel tensions between the two sides. So
0: how are they sending these messages? You're going to be like, is it the internet? Are they crossing the border? Um, I'm going to tell you that there's a group in South Korea that's being funded by the United Nations, the European Union and open societies that is paying people <clears throat> to make balloons and add like clothes, food and, and materials for them to read because they want the North Koreans to revolt. And this is because they are sure that if they revolt, they can move in the government of only South Korea to govern All of the Korean Peninsula. Now, this isn't something any North Korean wants or any South Korean wants. Uh, Them coming together, a unification of these two nations is incredible. It'll bring uh, a a people that are one, that come from different walks of life together. uh, People that are, first of all, they're going to have one of the largest bodies of reservist militaries ever. Uh, they will have the thrifty North Koreans with the flamboyant South Koreans, right, merging together as one. This is not, This is a peninsula that uh, the Europeans wish to control. And this is exactly what's going on. Now, Kim Jong-un's sister is right. They haven't implemented any portions of their agreement to begin with. And again, this is because of the person we have representing our nation in South Korea. This is how the, the corruption deep state whispers there. Now we all know that this ambassador is leaving and he's, and he's, they already know that, that he's leaving. He needs to leave now because we need to show that we're not going to put up with it. But, with the tensions that are going on in China right now, i said this before, when it comes down to it and they have to pick a side, do you think they're going to pick the side of, uh, I don't want to say the white man, but the non-Oriental uh, man? No. They have... eons of history together so it's never going to be you it's never going to be me it's going to be them first and that can turn into something really ugly really really fast and for those of you that think that uh, North Korea uh, you know doesn't have any backing uh, my article will tell you just how they fund themselves um, and I've seen it myself and we have to hold Malaysia accountable for a lot of uh, their their actions in in this manner. They're the ones that are mostly responsible for allowing this to perpetuate Uh, because conversations can be had, but they have to be done correctly. They can't be done as, you know, other people say it should. Uh, Independence is key for many nations, including our own. So why would we uh, superimpose a thought process or the way something should go when we can just liaise them discussing, uh, you know, having these good discussions. Now, I want you guys to hear Bloomberg. It's not like this liaison. Bloomberg was um, was analyzing this and, and, and they their analysis is so telling on where the Europeans sit. Take a listen.
22: Office was actively being used recently, but how much does this tell us about how desperate North Korea is right now for attention?
6: Uh, so they had, uh, North Korea had warned of, uh, demolishing the building, but I think it came as a shock to all of us that it actually was physically demolished. And, um, it is really a symbol of reconciliation, uh, and cooperation between the two Koreas. And it was one of the first things that, um, the two, that, that was done, um, after, uh, the Inter-Korean summit in 2018. So it was a very symbolic move.
22: What's been really interesting in these uh, times of tension has been how prominent the role of Kim Jong-un's sister Kim Yo-jong has become. Just uh, right now, an hour ago or so, uh, she released a statement condemning South Korean President Moon Jae-in for his speech, uh, apparently being irresponsible. Of course, this was the speech marking 20 years since the first ever North-South summit back in 2000, and Moon Jae-in asking North Korea to take responsibility for the worsening ties what can we gauge from her role in the regime right now
6: Uh, I think the way that she is being portrayed and handled in North Korean state media tells us two things that um, Kim Jong-un really wants to elevate her in the regime and secondly um, this seems to be intended to cement her position as a policymaker um, in, in North Korea um, so before she was mostly known as Kim Jong-un's sister who accompanied the leader on public visits uh, and even though she had a party title, it was unclear what she did in the party and to what extent she was involved in making and executing party policies.
16: Now, the incident was among the most provocative uh, since 2019, uh, 2010 when it comes to uh, inter-Korea relations. But we've got to bear in mind that the liaison office uh, was not very active, uh, realistically speaking. Uh, so what could be next, though, when it comes to perhaps uh, undoing the diplomatic efforts that have been underway between the two Koreas?
6: Also, we can see that um, South Korea is trying to make contact with North Korea um, behind the scenes. Um, you know, he all, they apparently offered to send um, special envoys to the North Korean leader, and North Korea just this morning announced that uh, they rejected, uh, rejected that offer. Um, so I think um, those um, types of um, you know, reaching out activities will continue behind the scenes, uh, at least on the part of South Korea. Um, but my feeling, though, is that for the time being, uh, and North Korea probably will not um, re- respond positively uh, to these outreach efforts uh, from Seoul. Um, and I think for a while we are going to see tensions and I think pretty much everything is on the table uh, from North Korea's military drills along the border um, to possibly even publications and artillery exercises um, targeting South Korea.
16: And what can we make of a potential U.S. response because we see the raised among the more hawkish voices in the Trump administration?
6: Um, I frankly don't see uh, the Trump administration uh, taking too much interest in South Korean um, or Korean Peninsula affairs at the moment. Uh, I think President Trump has made it clear on a number of occasions that uh, he doesn't really care much about North Korean short-range missiles or artillery, uh, for that matter, um, as long as uh, they don't um, um, impact uh, the continental U.S.
22: Exactly, Rachel, to your point, the Trump administration has plenty on its hands, including this ongoing pandemic right now. Same thing for China, who's just said they wish for peace on the Korean Peninsula. They had to lock down parts of Beijing. The international community is really too busy right now to deal with Pyongyang. So what's the-
0: Oh, my gosh, just exactly. No, nobody cares about short-range, medium-range missiles. As a nation, every single nation on this planet tests them out every day. Why are we going to tell him he's not allowed to? That's just micromanaging. But, you know, here we go. Let's support China.
22: What's a strategy here for North Korea to do this right now?
6: So I think this, uh, ongoing situation globally, uh, helps out, um, North Korea. You know, it's, um, as you said, that the U.S. is too busy on its own home front, uh, to pay too much attention to North Korea right now. Um, there's actually a growing risk, uh, between the U.S. and China, so that also, uh, could work in North Korea's va- uh, favor. Um, eventually, uh, this is a transit point, what's happening with South Korea. They will move on to the U.S. and, I can still see North Korea in the late summer or um, in the fall uh, moving on to uh, testing longer range missiles or even a uh, submarine-launched missile. Um, And that would be also in the lead-up to the U.S. presidential election. Um, And that would be a great way to get back at Trump uh, for the failed diplomacy between the two countries and also to uh, show off to the world uh, North Korea's strategic uh, weapons capabilities.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, this is so far from what is real. It's ridiculous. Take a listen to this analysis.
7: Wait, let's, let's get this on. ...have been speaking out on North Korea following the regime's shocking demolition of the inter-Korean liaison office. Washington and Tokyo spoke out forcefully while Beijing and Moscow were more muted, instead calling for cooler heads to prevail All round, Choi Won-jong with the details. Responding to Pyongyang's military provocation near the border, the U.S. government urged North Korea to avoid further actions that are counterproductive to promoting peace on the peninsula. The State Department said on Tuesday that Washington supports South Korea's efforts in regards to inter-Korean relations, stressing that it's aware of the rising tensions between the two Koreas. The Chinese government also addressed the escalating tension, saying peace and stability is important. North and South Korea are of the same people. As a close neighbor, China has always hoped that the Korean peninsula maintain peace and stability. Beijing, however, did not comment directly about the North demolition of the Inter-Korean Liaison Office. Shortly after the office was leveled by the North, the Japanese government released its official stance, saying Tokyo is closely monitoring the situation. I am aware of the explosion by North Korea. On North and South Korean relations, we hope tensions will not rise further. We will firmly and closely coordinate with South Korea and the United States to analyze information and to deal with the situation."
0: I don't like that. Because it's just South Korea and the U.S., what about North Korea?
7: Russia, another key player in the region, also weighed in.
19: We, of course, are closely monitoring what's happening on the Korean peninsula. It elicits concern."
7: Moscow also called for restraints from all parties but said there are no plans to seek high-level or the highest-level contact at the present time. Despite the disappointment expressed by the four countries in North Korea...
0: You mean, um, <coughs> Moscow said it's none of our business.
7: South Korea's chances of restoring any formal inter-Korean engagement appear bleaker by the day. Choi News.
0: Yeah, it is bleaker by the day. And you know what the problem is, is that there's so much misinformation. Is he still here? Is he gone? Is he, is he alive? Is he dead? You know, all these things. Uh, uh, this was senseless to us. North Korea, uh, you know, disparaged the comments of the president, right? Uh, there was a rude tone, um, you know, to the intent. And, um, you know, the South Koreans are pushing this as something senseless. Remember that building that they blew up was the one uh, that was created for them to meet. That is the building that President Trump and uh, dictator Kim, you know, hung out and shook hands when the president of the United States actually crossed the border. So, I want you guys to understand that this is a very big deal because this throws a wrench into things. But I also want you to know that there are alternative ways that communications happen, alternative ways like restaurants, for example. So uh, that'll be part of my article because... A lot of South Koreans are not optimistic about re- reunification and the 2017 unification uh, perception survey that they did at the university showed that only 24% of South Koreans, um, uh, you know, don't think it's possible, right? That's a, that's a pretty good deal, and they also foresaw that there's a possibility of the reunification of the, uh, you know, Korean Peninsula, um, you know, within the next five years, and hopefully it is so. Now, on that note, I want to wish you guys a wonderful evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State, and I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. <laughs>